Open your Bibles, if you will, this morning to Ephesians chapter 6. We began a message last Sunday entitled, The Faces of Evil. The Faces of Evil. And we learned that evil has a face and that evil has a name. And we're going to finish that message this morning. If you weren't here last Sunday, I am not going to re-preach last Sunday's message. There's no need for that. Uh, Most of you were here, and so you get part two today. And so there are two points that uh, I had left. I managed to get through one, and I could have made a a three-part series out of it and done the second point today and the last next Sunday, Uh, but I believe the Holy Spirit will let us uh, finish that up today. But I want you to know that God is on the throne, that God is in control of all things, and it is our responsibility as believers in Jesus Christ to continue our faithfulness to him while he continues to fight for us as believers and battle against the enemy in our lives as individuals and even as a church family. So he said, the battle is not yours, but it's mine. Kevin, I guess he slipped away for right now, but I really appreciate the prayer he prayed just now. But would you join me before we read the same text we read last Sunday, again today, and let's pray one more time. Father, thank you for your presence here. Now will you, in the name of your son Jesus, draw us nearer, nearer, precious Lord, to your precious bleeding side. We know that by the shed blood of your son Jesus, the enemy has already been overcome. Yet you teach us in your word that we need to familiarize ourselves with the enemy and with his power, lest we be caught up in his grip and step away from the perfect will of God for our lives. So, Father, will you help me today? I need a lot from you this morning. I need strength. I need healing. I need uh, comfort for that matter. And I especially, Lord, need you to speak to me and through me the message you have for us today because within my own strength, I can't do it. So I ask you, Lord, that you take this time. It belongs to you. And beyond that, we surrender it to you to bring glory and honor and praise to your name. Now, Holy Spirit, You have full reign in this place today. Whatever you want done, may it be done. May it be said. So, Lord, we again give this time to you to glorify the name of Jesus, our Savior, your blessed Son. We give you praise, Father, for all you're going to do as a result of our time together in your word and our time of learning. We love you, Father, and we make our prayer in Jesus' name and again. Thank you, sir. And all of God's people said, Amen. In Ephesians chapter 6 and verse number 10, Paul wrote these words again to the church at Ephesus to be uh, read by other churches in Asia Minor and even us today. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Again, we're to be strong, how? In the Lord and 
in the power of his might or strength. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil or the enemy himself. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Now as a reminder, just because some of you were not here last week, When Paul wrote the term heavenly places here, he is not speaking in this particular place about the heavens where God is, where those of us who know Christ personally as our Lord and Savior will spend forever with him. All through Paul's writings, he uses that phrase, heavenly places. But each time, or most of the time, it may mean something different. Oftentimes it does mean in the heavens where God is, but in this case it doesn't. It means in that sphere that's right above us where all the demons, demonic forces of the enemy are alive and working. Now I realize that a lot of you when I mention demonic forces or demons are uncomfortable. I don't want you to be uncomfortable. Are you listening if you are? Say amen. Because God has assured us that our war, the war over the enemy, against the enemy, has already been won. We'll talk about that again in a moment. That's already happened, so don't let it upset you. But I want you to know that there are demons in the world. There are demonic forces. And I said the evil has a face. And evil's face is that of the enemy, of the devil himself. Not again of someone wearing a red suit, uh, holding a pitchfork with horns on his head and a forked tail. That isn't the devil. That's not even the way the devil presents himself uh, to us in, in the world today. But there are demonic forces. And here God tells us very plainly that we don't wrestle against human forces against flesh and blood, but we wrestle against principalities and the powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against those spiritual hosts, those legions of demons that are there in the heavenly places. Therefore, because that's whom we wrestle again, he said to us as believers, Here, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand, keep on standing. It's easy for all of us to fall in the face of the enemy. Many have, I mean, the scriptures give us a record of many who have fallen in the face of the enemy because... They surrendered to him, they gave up to his temptations, gave in to his temptations, and they followed after him rather than following after the perfect will of God. So every single one of us must be extremely, and I said extremely careful because the enemy every single moment of every single day is aware of whether or not we are walking with God. He knows our areas of vulnerability. And if we aren't careful, 
we will allow him to get a stronghold or a foothold in our lives. And first thing we know, uh, he's got us off of the path we're supposed to be on. He's taken our focus off of God and what God wants for our lives. God help us never to get to that place in our lives. Now, our enemy today is the devil. It's Satan. Uh, the, the Bible describes our enemy as the world, the flesh, and the devil. Now, the world, that is the existence apart from God, the flesh that's on us, the flesh that we are that wants to dictate to us how we're supposed to live our lives, and always it dictates existence apart from God. So the, en- the enemy is the world, the flesh, and then, of course, the arch enemy is the devil himself. He is the one who is in charge or in control of all the demonic forces in the world. Now, you say, well, how can that be? Because the devil isn't omniscient. He can't be in every place at every time like God can in the person of the Holy Spirit. So he has this host of demons that come against us and work for our demise and toward our total uh, destruction. The devil's real, and for the most part, he strives to uh, literally camouflage himself or or to disguise himself uh, so he won't be blamed for what goes wrong in your life, so we won't give him the blame for what goes wrong in our lives as individuals, or he does not have a desire to be fought against as the enemy either. And we have, are you listening if you are, say amen, the authority uh, to battle against the enemy or let God battle that enemy in our lives every day. Now, I don't know how you are as an individual in your walk with God about allowing God to battle the enemies that come against you. I don't know. But I know how I am. I know that every day I battle Uh, the enemy in my life in my walk with God he tempts me just like he tempts you and in a lot of different points it's easy to get in the flesh and operate in the flesh to speak in the flesh uh, to act in the flesh God doesn't want that because he's got nothing to do with that It is the enemy who causes us to step aside. So here's point two. I said all that to say this. The devil never gives up his pursuit of your life. You say, well, if I'm a born-again believer and God has overcome Satan, uh, does that mean he's still going to come against me? Yes, ma'am, and yes, sir. He does in hundreds of different ways. You've got to remember that Satan, the enemy does not come against those who are unsaved. He's already got them, see? So he comes against those of us who are born again, trying to trip us up, uh, causing us to stumble or give in to his temptations. Uh, That's the way he, he operates. But we can never, ever fully eliminate the devil's temptation from our lives. No matter how mature you may become, how grown up you are in the Word, how much you may understand the Word, how much you may be able to communicate uh, the Word of God, that doesn't matter. The devil still has access to you. Did you hear that? Say it. The devil still has access uh, to me. He does. God's Word teaches us this in 1 Peter 5, 8. Now, I want you to listen. 
Be sober. Now that doesn't mean restraining from drink in this particular place, although I could preach a sermon on that. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil, you hear that? Your adversary the devil walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. He's constantly on the prowl in to get your life, to get me, to trip us up, to destroy us, to steal our joy, to rob us from the things that God has for us, even denying us the blessing he wants to that God has stored up for us. You see, the only people in the world who do not find themselves under satanic attack are those who are lost, and get this, those even whom are saved, but yet, even in spite of being saved, they're so totally controlled by the devil. They've so been so totally hoodooed, if you will, uh, by the devil himself that they no longer have any feelings of guilt. There is no longer any conviction there uh, when temptation comes and they succumb uh, to temptation. When that happens, my friend, the devil has not only a foothold, but he controls what they do. It's the very face of the enemy. Now, I was very firm last week, and I want you to hear what I'm saying. It is not the individual. When a believer is controlled by the devil, it's not the individual, it's the enemy that comes from them, that emanates from them, that speaks from their lips and their mouth and even their thoughts. It's the enemy. Remember, it isn't the person. It's the devil himself. And he's controlling them at that time because they're allowing him uh, to do that. There is no immunity from temptation. You say, well, surely there must be. Well, even the Lord Jesus was not immune from temptation. You remember how the Spirit of God led Jesus into the wilderness to be what? Tempted. One or two of you read it. The Spirit of God led, led Jesus into the wilderness where he was tempted. But when that series of temptations had ended and it was over, did the devil leave Jesus alone then? Why, heavens, no. Uh, let me draw your attentions to a few places. He showed up again in Nazareth while Jesus was there, trying to entice those people who had known Jesus from his youth up uh, to surround him and push him over the edge of a cliff and do away with him. That was the devil. He was there tempting those who had known Jesus all of his life. Uh, then he showed up again in the body of a man filled with a legion of demons on the east bank of the Sea of Galilee. And you remember that story, how Jesus showed up and the demons were cast out of the man's body and went into a herd of what? Some of you said swine, hogs. I heard one man say pigs. That's good. Uh, put it, uh, told to go into the herd of swine and uh, they were uh, went into the sea and were drowned there. Uh, but the devil was responsible for that. He was personified in the body of the man who was recognized having this legion of demons. Again, he showed up in the public attacks that came again and again and again 
again against Jesus, against his authority, against who he was, against his own credibility. They showed up again in the Garden of Gethsemane. Here was the devil in the Garden of Gethsemane when Jesus was even praying. Uh, They showed up again in the court of Herod. They showed up in the judgment hall uh, of Pilate. Friends, the devil is persistent. He doesn't give up. Are you listening? If you are, say amen. He doesn't give up. He never gives up his pursuit of you to destroy, to steal from you as our enemy. His ultimate goal was to entice Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, listen, to say no to the cross. That was his ultimate goal. But Jesus, God in the flesh, knew what he came to do. And he was willing to go to the cross and take your place and my place and shed his blood to cover our sin so we could be free. The devil was defeated and the battle won on the cross of Christ. But he was focused. He was focused on Jesus and him saying no to the cross up till the very minute, Bobby, that Jesus on the cross said, it is finished. And when he made that declaration, the devil was defeated forever. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God who died for us. So Satan knows that once you've accepted Jesus, once all of us have trusted his shed blood for our own personal sin covering, uh, the devil knows that we've been sealed by the Holy Spirit of God for how long? Forever. We are sealed by the power of the Holy Spirit. And I wouldn't have it any other way, would you? Knowing my flesh... You knowing yours, thank God He seals us when we trust Him as our Savior. There's nothing He can do to rob us of our eternal home in heaven with God. He can never, ever take that away. Can you say amen to that? He cannot rob us. There's nothing He can do. Uh, He also knows there's nothing He can do to remove the Holy Spirit from our lives. That's that's shouting ground there. Y'all won't help me. Yeah! There's nothing that he can do to take the Holy Spirit, to rob us or deny us of God in us. He cannot do that. He cannot separate you from the love of God himself. Listen again, Romans 8, 38 and 39, neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers whom, against whom did he say we're fighting? principalities and powers. He said, nor principalities or powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. Amen. His goal is to keep us from bearing fruit. Christ. His goal here in the scripture is uh, to keep us from using our spiritual gifts, to keep us, George, from serving God and doing the work of Christ in the world where he's placed us to do this. Even through those shoe boxes, we're doing the word of God. We're getting God's word all around the world when we do that. We never know where all that those boxes are going to land up. They could tell us. They do trace them, uh, but I, I've really never 
never cared where mine went. Because, you know why? Because I know that the Holy Spirit will make certain that the box, boxes we pack will get to exactly the person God intended it get to. And it will have its own desired effect because God is even in control of the shoeboxes. Thank you. Thirdly, the devil has a plan of attack. The devil has a plan of attack for your life. How many of you ever served in military? Raise your hand. Okay. How many of you were in wartime? You served in wartime. Several of you. I'd like to give you some information, but I'll wait on that. Some of you served in those terrible times in battle. But when you go into battle, 100% of the time, there's a plan of attack. Probably you didn't formulate it. One of my best friends in our church in D.C., a man who was chairman of our deacons there, a man who loved the Lord, that man was an author, a writer, Richard, of war plans. How many of you remember Desert Storm? Do you remember that? My friend wrote all of the war plans for Desert Storm. Every one of them. Great guy. Loved the Lord, but that was what he did in the military and even after he was out of the military. He was covert, but he wrote all the war plans for Desert Storm. He's told me a lot about that, and I've learned a lot, and I don't, can't share all of that with you now. Don't have time. But I learned a lot, Chesterfield, about plans of attack by listening to my friend talk. Hearing what he had to say, what all was involved in that. And some things he couldn't tell me all about, but much he could. I learned a lot. And I can apply that even to the Word of God in the way, Donna, that Satan has a plan of attack on our lives. Now, he doesn't plan for Don there. He doesn't plan the attack he has for him uh, just like he does Lorraine's or Ray's or Richard's or, or Barb's or anybody else's. He has a plan of attack to come against you, to come against your life, when He has a plan, and He will work His plan. He's going to do it. Sometimes we get off track and don't work ours for Christ, but Satan doesn't give up. You remember? He has a plan of attack. He has a deliberate, willful plan against your life as an individual. Can I say this? He also has a deliberate, willful plan of attack against every church of the Lord Jesus the world over. And he will take over if we let him. I'm against him. He'll, he has a plan to destroy your body, your mind, your spirit, or perhaps all three. He's got a plan of attack. He wants to deny God the glory that God could and would receive from your life and mine as long as we stay on track and give God the glory and walk with Him and every single day be filled with the Holy Spirit of God and His power. He wants to destroy us. But as long as you live, 
As long as you live or I live, we're going to experience spiritual attacks. Well, what are Satan's real objectives? Now, I want you to listen. And I've written a lot of this down here in the flyleaf of my Bible because I cannot miss telling you some things. We all need to get this. What are his real objectives? Number one, in the believer's life, to draw us away from God. To have us, Wayne, to remove our focus off of God and get it on our circumstances, our things around us, our other persons. He will do whatever he has to, buddy, to remove our focus from the things of God and ultimately destroy our lives, get us off track. Secondly, to get us off track and out of God's perfect will for our lives. Now, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but if I did ask you how many of you as believers really want to be in the center of God's perfect will, you'd raise your hand. You'd say, well, I want to. You would. But oftentimes we aren't because the enemy has stepped in and we've allowed him if you will, that foothold in our lives, just a big toe in will ultimately open up to something much more broad and we'll allow him space in our lives. And you remember that God and Satan can't occupy same space, same time. And when he's in, then there is a control issue. You see, his real objective is to deny God the honor and the praise and the glory that belongs to him. If he can, if we were to allow him, we would position ourselves against praising God in our worship services on Sunday. But I'm so proud of you all. You never do that. You, can't, you come to worship. You come prepared to worship. I told Jane this morning, Jane Tishner, I love to watch her worship when she's here in town and she's on the vocal team. I love to watch her worship. I love to watch Wynn worship, don't you? I, I love it because these people up here are not up here to be seen or to present a show. They're up here because God has called them to lead us in worship, Amen. to lead us. And it doesn't matter if they're singing or if they're playing, they're leading in worship. I, well, I'm calling a lot of names. Y'all ever watch Mike Kelly when he's on the drums? I don't think there's ever been a time. I'm not talking about his drumming now. Uh, but I don't think there's ever been a time that, that Mike has been on drums. Whether it's praise gathering, special events, whatever. He's always worshiping. Sometimes he, his eyes are closed and he's still drumming. He'll miss a lick or two. But, you know, he'll... <laughs> He's still drumming because, are you listening? His focus is on Christ and God and not on what he's doing. But the Lord brings all of that together. They lead us in worship, and I praise God for those. Fourthly, it's Satan's objective to destroy us, literally and eternally, if we can. But hallelujah, there are limitations on Satan. You agree? There are limitations on what he can do. Look what God allowed in Job's life. He allowed him to touch Job's health and his family and all that he had and take all that away. But he said, don't you kill him. 
God has placed limitations on Satan and what he can do in your life and even in mine. And we need to, we all need to have a clear understanding of what Satan can do and what he can't do. And I'm going to hurry through this. Number one, listen, he cannot reverse our salvation. He cannot dispense with the cross. He cannot do away with the blood of Jesus. He has nothing over the power of Christ to save us, to forgive us, to deliver us, to set us free. He cannot bother our salvation. He can't snatch us out of God's eternal arms. And if I had time, I have an itch to go to the piano and everybody to sing, leaning, leaning. Leaning on what? The everlasting arms of God. And he cannot deny us uh, that privilege and that right he cannot separate us from the love of god we read it a moment ago there is no power not anything that can ever take away from us the love of god that is in christ jesus he cannot put us into a position that's beyond the reach of almighty god to love us to care for us to provide for us and even to deliver us He can't do that. He cannot overcome or negate the work and power of the Holy Spirit in your life. He cannot do that. He has no power. He can't keep us from receiving any blessing that God stored up for us, that God wants to give us. Aren't you glad that God's blessings are on us every day? And as Kevin said very early this morning in rehearsal, His mercies are new to us. And for us every morning. Aren't you glad when you got up this morning that God had a bundle of brand new mercies with your name on them? With your name on them. He extends his mercies brand newly to us every day. But what Satan can do, what can he do? He can destroy the quality of our lives. If you let him, he can destroy the quality of your life even as a believer. Sometimes he can send illness. He can send injury our way. He can affect our physical, our emotional, our mental, has some of y'all, mental and financial well-being, and even, listen, and even destroy relationships. I've seen a lot of family relationships destroyed because of the enemy. He has the power to do that. He can attack our peace. He can attack our joy. He can use believers or weak believers even to harm us physically. More often though with words and by undermining our reputations and our integrity. He has a field day with that, doesn't he? And he loves every minute of it. He can bring confusion, anger, even frustration into situations and even relationships. He'll do anything in the world to get our focus off of God and our focus over what's right. He can decrease our witness for Jesus on the earth, again, by getting our minds off God and what Jesus has told us to do. The very last thing Jesus said before he ascended was go into all the world. Make disciples. Preach and teach the word of God. And church... 
for the most part, the big C church around the world has lost sight of the command of God for our lives. That, my friend, is the enemy. Remember, we can't defeat the enemy by human intellect. There's a whole lot of smart people in the world. A lot of people that are so intellectual and they want to teach us how to defeat the devil. But I'm kind of glad that God never told us to go and pick a fight with him. He didn't do that. That work of defeating him was done on the cross of Calvary over 2,000 years ago. The battle is won. So we're not to go out and take on the devil. The Bible doesn't say that anywhere. The truth of God's word is that the war's already won. But God's word does teach us to resist the devil. And what's the rest of that? And he will flee from us. So it's our responsibility to resist him, to resist his activity, to resist the demonic in our, in, that's possible in our lives every moment of every day. And how is that possible? How do we do that? Our text said by putting on the whole armor of God that we'll have the power to resist, to come against the wiles, the temptations, the activity of the enemy and all of his demons. I'm so glad God has given you and me that authority in Jesus Christ, aren't you? I am. Come against him today in your mind, in your heart. He's working in this room right now trying to confuse some because... You really never trusted Jesus as your Savior. And He knows that. And He wants you to remain in the condition you're in, lost without God, apart from Him. But by the shed blood of Jesus Christ on the cross, God offers forgiveness, total, free, complete for you if you'll simply come to Jesus. Will you do that? Saved person, resist the devil. He'll flee from you. Remember, the enemy has a face. It's the devil himself. Not the person, but the devil, the enemy. Let go and let God stand with me, please.